see it or screw it is a spoiler heavy show if that's an issue for you then you can currently watch mystery men on peacock if that's not an issue for you then on with the show welcome to see it or screw it my name is tj davis he him pronouns alongside i am emily schick and my pronouns are she and her i'm tim murphy my pronouns are he and him i am poor he him and on this episode, we're doing a in memoriam for Paul Rubens. We really wanted to do um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, but it's not, you know, streaming on anything we have access to. So we're doing Mystery I'm Men, which is a movie I've wanted to do for a while as well. Continuing my long-held belief that none of the good shit is on streaming. <laughs> Why did they hide the good movies that make I mean, you eventually, rent them? They make eventually you buy we're them. going to get to the point that like streaming is going to stop ha- having this exclusivity bullshit. Um, and it's just going to be like, hey, why don't we, you know, take a quarter of the money we're t- taking for having ex- exclusive, but put it on five services so we're actually getting more money? Yeah, so, yeah. but eventually, well, I mean, I-, I look forward to the days of uh, like the Oasis from ready player one where all this shit is just you know in the no. public library no oh, right yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah everything funny. else okay I, yeah, I, can yeah. Accept, Every... I can accept the archive all right that's fine yeah yeah, yeah. there's no, a lot I, I there's a lot the of problems with that <laughs> everything else is a nightmare even <laughs> the parts that even the parts that are meant to be fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> future bob it is actually the most dystopian nightmarish movie i can think of it's like it, it is what we're gonna be in 20 years just like suffocated by bra- random brands with no context or connection oh no freddy krueger is pooping out spongebob and <laughs> vomiting out of marvel uroboros yeah <laughs> uh, okay uh fun times but um but yeah in memoriam paul rubens uh definitely an actor that was Not maligned for no real good reason yeah, well, I mean, that's my <sighs> personal feeling. We we can talk about that because I know that Dan disagrees with that. It's 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 a it's a weird situation of like, yeah, that was kind of what those theaters were for. At the same time, it still is technically exposure, and I don't know. I mean, at the time, you don't want to see Don't go to a porn theater. The VHS market existed at the like, like M was heavily overwhelmed by pornography, so like he could have been at home doing that. Well, I mean, uh, pornography is a large reason for technological advancements in general. I mean, yep. well, and now it's between all- like the the commonality of VHS and then the internet boom. Like uh, pornography played a large part in that. I mean, it's similar it's played to a large like, part in like the, uh, like the fucking printing press. Come on, it's, yeah. Like I swear <laughs> to God, humans probably invented cave drawings so that they could draw boobs on walls. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the whole reason we have the internet is because of pornography. So. Yeah, well, it's the it sounds... whole reason we have print media too. So you know, it sounds like uh, someone who's you know a little saucy, a little pervy, but you know, no accounts of abuse from anyone he ever worked with or anything. Just yeah, no, I, everything yeah. I've heard it is just like how runs. much of a stand-up guy he was. But I don't, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna guess that you know he's the star of a hit kid show and just wants yeah. to get his rocks off. And I can see both sides easily of it. anymore. Yeah. So you know, go to a fucking porn theater and rub a quick one out and go get, about your day and some jerk was like uh yeah i'm a get I, like i i feel like i can fuck with this celebrity so i'm a dude oh that. yeah it, it definitely feels like it was meant for a payday 
like i i get where you're coming from dan of like technically it is indecent exposure but yeah it, but like, still if you again, i mean it, it, it is something that got blown out of propor- proportion but it was also like a lot of this stemmed from his attempts to cover it up and not let the story get out and that like that attempted cover-up just backfired pretty bad but the oh that what are you gonna affect yeah what are yeah. you gonna do back then other than try and cover it up because everyone is like even more i mean if he, if, if, i mean now. basically if he had said nothing and hadn't made any attempts to cover it up there's a he could have deflected attention from it like he could have buried the story instead of allowing it to strike in effect so but it still would have probably been pretty bad for him. So, which I still think is stupid. It's like you know what I I like. I am told that sometimes men like to you know have a buddy while jerking off. Like maybe he's just <laughs> jerk a mates. social jerker. <laughs> All right, but we sit back to back. <laughs> never, I, I, I've never done it, but I've heard about it, and it always amazes me. I'm like, really like who can that come faster so, that sounds so awkward yeah it, does, it sounds but... super awkward to me too <laughs> like i yeah. might be a pervert but i'd rather jerk off in the privacy of my own room alone the way god yeah. intended <laughs> well there's a, there's a lot of uh you know uh bisexuality erasure especially particularly in men um there's a lot of like you're bisexual, but you don't want to admit it. Um, that that's uh, I don't know. I've heard that if you if you use grinder extensively, you run into that a lot. So yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, we talked. Uh, we, we're going to talk about a movie now, folks. Yeah, we, we well, we're eventually going to talk about a movie. I think we're still talking about uh, Paul Rubens for a minute. Um, oh, the other runner-up instead of doing this one was going to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And while it is on Max, and you know, if you've never watched, uh, what was it, nineteen ninety-two, something uh, like that, you should totally watch it. Like he's definitely like the runaway best in it, I think, from my memory, or at least has like the best gags in it. Uh, but like, I haven't it, seen it since back a... in the day. But I think I prefer it to Mystery Man. It's this got is a not a good showcase too. Or... For Paul Rubens in any way, my opinion. No, he's sadly, still, he's still sadly, one of the better parts of the movie. Oh yeah, but, but he's just an extended fart joke. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. should have been called the sphincter, but they already who have a sphinx. actually who actually surprisingly makes it gives it a little bit more depth than you would expect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he always thought that he was playing the uh, character kind of slow until he saw it, and it's like, oh. No, that works. I mean, it's still yeah. mostly just a, a, an accent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, he's also just like his, the fact that he's gross comes across more than the fact that he, I mean, he doesn't come off as a particularly intelligent person, but none of them do. So, yeah. like, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not like, you know, the stupidest one of the bunch. He, they're all kind of. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument the that he is, but like, I. You know, they're all, it's all kind of a race to the bottom anyway. So, yeah, I think he is the dumbest. I mean, it's between him and Invisible Boy. Oh, um, sorry. And Blue, Ra- Blue Raja. Blue Raja actually kills someone. <laughs> He's so dumb. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, there's dumb and then there's reckless. So, they're not <laughs> necessarily the same thing. No, that's fair. Wait, when does Blue Raja kill somebody? He kills Captain Amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's right. No point it's like a major plot to, point. Yeah. To kill that one Captain Amazing with his stupidity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I blanked on it. I watched I mean, it's it not, it's not twice really in the last his, 24 hours. <laughs> it's not quite necessarily his stupidity so much as, like, because I, mean, I think it's important. Oh, we'll it's Captain Amazing's to, arrogance. Captain Amazing's arrogance is, and, like, impatience is ultimately what kills Captain Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not saying it's all on Raja, you know. He, yeah. He is being a dick. Yeah. But no, I love Greg Kinnear in this. He's so good. Yeah, he really is. Uh, yeah, I like him. I like him, but I hate the fucking writing for this character, or even just like I don't. I mean, understand. he's like proto Homelander. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, so. uh, but like I just don't understand. Homelander's he... a way better written character, but oh, like, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I don't. I dismiss even putting them in the same boat at all. Now, actually, like, I was thinking the same thing as Dan. Yeah. So. I, yeah, but I mean, like, well, it's all this stuff is just from Watchmen anyway, right? It's all like variations on Watchmen. Uh, I mean, it's variations on various things. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think that there's... But I don't like, think this exists without Watchmen, just like Homeland. You know, the boys comic, in my opinion, doesn't either, even though they're pretty close. I don't know. I mean, I think this is riffing on X-Men pretty significantly. Um, and a lot of other um, superhero teams, not specific. Like, I feel like it's where Watchmen was doing a very grim, dark, overly serious take. This is definitely going in the other direction. But I don't think that this necessarily needs Watchmen to exist but here's Um, here's my issue is like i don't understand why he concocts this plot but then has he's smart enough to set up this plan to release casanova but then has no plan for what's going to happen afterwards so because he's just hoping for you know somebody to rival against him and drum up more sponsorship so he can make more money because that's why pepsi dropped him yeah. Right. So he's like he is dumb as well then. Oh, he is definitely dumb. Very I mean, dumb. He's arrogant and and you know, I mean that's the whole thing is like like Casanova think... Frankenstein outsmarts him in a matter of like minutes. Um yeah. and like but and that he's just screwed the entire time because like Casanova Frankenstein even though he does keep him captive for longer than he needs to, like ultimately isn't the dumbass that li- lets him escape. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I just love like keeping him alive is such a very bond sort of plot device yeah. to do. And mm. it's like uh <laughs> and he doesn't even get the joy of actually killing him cuz somebody else just does it for him accidentally. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love that reaction from Jeffrey Rush where he stumbles into the room and sees him dead and he like like pivots immediately to look, I've already killed Captain yeah, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really good line actually. <laughs> Rush is uh, pretty on in this. More oh, more yeah. than more than the rest of them, but again, I don't really like a lot of the character there's a lot i mean it's interesting to hear the cast kind of talk about this because they obviously kind of hated working on this so oh yeah i don't think that anybody was actually happy working on this movie like maybe kel mitchell because he was like pretty much a kid but Mm, like yeah like I think Paul Rubin seems like he was somewhat happy this. with this because he got to play a character that wasn't Pee Wee Herman, but that's yeah. kind no, of it. Yeah. But yeah, I've but seen But like the director of this, like, like this is literally never the only feature that he has made coming from commercials and like trying to break to into features was like, fuck this. I hate No, he was this. like, I, I like I like working on commercials way better. I'm just going to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I 
yeah, just kind of looking over the cast list. Um, Honestly, just, just like, like I, I don't I like ben this Stiller, movie. Ben Stiller uh, has talked down on this movie. Janine Garofalo has talked down on this movie. Eddie Izzard has talked down on this movie. Artie Lang has talked wow. down on this movie. Like, <laughs> wow. it's, it's oh, pretty Ben impressive. Stiller tried to get yeah. out of his contract because him yes. and Kinnear could not get along. Fun yeah, fact. really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And they wouldn't release him from his contract and then yeah. called him back for a bunch of reshoots because they didn't like the ending. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious what this original ending was because it's like, I feel like this ending is one of the stronger scenes in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I've already forgotten it. What happened? Uh, it's just, it's like, like the whole, like they're walking out of the mansion and the media's there. Oh, yeah. And and it's just it, like, yeah. who are these mystery men? And, it's, and they're bickering over what their superhero team should be. So yeah, uh, the super I, friends. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I like the, I like the, of those I, jokes. Like the, I like the improv of of Janine Garofalo of like support live music and independent filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was yeah. a good line, I guess. And like that, that was pure improv of yeah, just like totally we, we need people saying things for the end. And yeah. um, it's a funny. What's line. the name? Usher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kinka Usher. Uh, just liked it so much that he threw it into the movie. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we should just get into the movie and then talk about things as they come up because otherwise we're just going to be splattering all over the place. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I I was going to say something else, but I'm just going to get into the movie. Yeah. Um, in Champion City, the amateur superhero team of Mister Furious, the Stop. shoveler, and Stop. What the fuck is Champion City? I don't get this. Why spend all this money making this really fancy futuristic city and then not explain anything about it and then have everything set in like diner except for Casanova's mansion? I, don't know. I mean, to me, it's, it's like, like it's like it... diners and the backyard of someone's house with the pool. I don't know. I mean, like, I thought the production design of it felt very like wannabe Burton to me. Um, yeah, there, there's like, a lot I, of you can't like, just have. Is really interesting about this movie is that like like there's a lot of like clashing of styles and it unfortunately yes. seems unintentional. Um, and I think they could have yeah. leaned into that as <laughs> intentional because as even like especially now like there's a lot of like really inconvenient like like you know a, a whiplash of like styles that goes on in the MCU and the DC extended universe. But even before that, like there's a huge whiplash between like like Burton's vision of Batman and Schumacher's version of Batman. And yet they were supposed to be in the same universe. So it's like, it's something that, and it happens a lot in comics too. Like, like it's very difficult to find the right tone of how they want to portray characters. And like that happens a lot with superheroes. And I feel like this movie could have leaned into that a lot. It just seems kind of like accidentally happening the way it happens in this. Yeah, There's Um, a massive disconnect between the scenes. It's like, I don't I don't understand this city, you know, like are they in the so and the and when they go to that backyard, I'm extra confused. I'm like, yeah, no, it, it visually doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the city at all. And I feel like like they really could have played up that contrast instead of just like, and now we're at this location. Yeah, and uh, what it, and and all it does come off as is like, yeah, like a uh, shorthand for Gotham or whatever. But you got to give me something more. You got to give me something to tell me what the city is. That, you know, other than like. If you're and if you're not going to do that, then you need to be sillier than this movie is, which is not it's not silly enough, you know. Yeah, I mean, one of like I really like the 
detail of all the corporate sponsorships on uh captain amazing's uh yeah. uniform oh, yeah, but i really would have awesome. liked the entire city to just feel like it was overrun with advertisements because like we'll have yeah. like they're, aver- they're like normal billboards and stuff but it's just like really it's just like you can't go an inch without seeing tons and tons of advertisements yeah. i think well, we been do really get a city. little bit we do get a we little get, bit we that. Have, but a little bit. we have advertisements throughout but not enough like the i city want wall to wall advertising yeah the city should look like times square yeah, like the whole like city. The basically. whole city should make Times Square look tame. Like yeah. the whole city should make, make Times Square look like like oh really that's all the t- uh, the, the advertising <laughs> in Times Square like yeah. that's pathetic. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I agree. Like, I could see that working yeah. really well. I like definitely. I don't you know because I think the production design is is good and uh, the aesthetic is cool. I, I guess yeah. For me, it is more the connecting tissue. You know, it's like I'm yeah. not. I just I mean, feel I like. like, I feel the, like like all, all these thing around. events don't cool, seem like they're yeah. taking place in the same world, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, I like all the zeppelins flying around. But again, put massive billboards on them that, like, really obviously these are flying around to advertise crap to the populace. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like they're not serving any practical purpose. They're all Goodyear blimps. They're not. Oh, like, I, I would want them around. to still yeah. be like moving people around. So instead of having, I don't like, want mass them moving around. I want it, I, I, it I, like, just like that. But maybe, but I mean, I, I it's it's more about advertising than serving the public um and you know i mean in and that also plays into a thing of you know i mean you can build things in like have that diner be struggling because they're trying to resist being bought out by a major franchise or something like that and you know i mean like there's some more world building that is definitely missing here mm-hmm. i think it, it's aesthetically interesting a lot of the time um though i mean it's kind of der- it feels kind of derivative of Joel yeah. Schumacher's Gotham to me. Well, I mean, I think that one of the they things also reused a bunch of sets from, uh, from the, uh, the Schumacher Batman. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in, but that's the thing is, like, I I think that it's interesting to see how they talk about this director of just like he worked way too slowly. They felt, um, and that was like a frustration. I also think that he probably just had like like let's have the whole cast here for this scene, but we're only working with these characters today, so the whole cast didn't actually need to show up. Um, and that oh, probably mean, happened you, you a lot. You also have but... a first time feature director, and you hand him yeah. sixty eight million dollars, even though he's yeah. never proved that he can do anything more than like. 90 seconds I'm, like, well, I'm pretty sure i mean and i'm pretty sure he did the um you know a oh, porg is probably not familiar with this but i'm pretty sure he did that the uh the aaron burr got milk commercial because the style is just so similar um oh uh, he did a bunch he, of the got milk commercials yeah yeah, yeah. and, and then like he was and, that and you'll cure taco bell <laughs> yeah and and it's just sort of like i i think that it's really interesting that i feel like i almost every scene opens with like a pretty cool looking establishing shot and then when it gets down to like the dialogue it's really flat and boringly filmed mm. <laughs> yeah. so it's like and I, and it, the action scenes are just i yeah. i hate i hate the way they're filmed the choreography in this is fucking atrocious like so th- there's there's one good shot like super early in the movie that costs them a fuck ton of money too uh because when Artie lang kicks the um kicks the uh uh monitor speaker uh, it like the cracking of the glass is not an effect that was him actually ruining the lens of the camera uh, <laughs> okay. good times there um, is no punch to any of these action sequences no like no then nothing nothing that makes you invested in watching well i mean and that's also it's, it's constantly 
it's also constantly questionable how much are like should these action sequences been played as action sequences or should they have been played as comedy sequences yeah. and i think that the <laughs> film is never sure so yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll do both and make yeah. them suck either way yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so so for context uh this movie came out the same year as the matrix and cost more <laughs> yeah. yeah this cost more like yeah. the matrix like every dollar was spent well like in this it's like maybe 10 percent of the dollars were spent well like the the it's yeah the like yeah i'm sorry for that much money like I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it, a lot of it was wasted on these CGI shots of the city. That looks so yeah. bad. Um, oh, sorry, I thought you meant like the, the, the city yeah, looks the green, fine, but like the city looks fine. The green smoke, the, any of the like visual effects that yeah. involve CG, except <laughs> oh for me. I, 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 I thought. I, I, I fine. thought uh, like like the the people getting like horribly disfigured like Captain Amazing's death. That like, thing is that, kind of cool. I thought that, that, was cool. that was a stylistic choice that kind of worked for me. Because yeah, it was exactly. Like, this is yeah. gross and disgusting, but also kind of funny at the same time. And I think they hit that like balance correctly. Um, but like, that's, yeah, that's one gag that does work yeah. with the visual stuff. But, but a lot of the other ones, yeah, no. yeah. And I do think that that's where a lot of this budget went to these visual effects that are frequently unnecessary and don't look great. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. All right. Mr. Furious, the shovel and the blue Raja played by Ben Stiller, William H. Macy and Hank Azaria. You oh, also fun Hank fact Azaria is kids like he's, you know, also fun fact. Initially, this was pitched to um, have of uh, Danny DeVito uh, star and direct as the shoveler, which Mm -hmm. I'm very curious what that film looks like. That would have been awesome. (laughs) And apparently opted out because he couldn't agree on the soundtrack. Like that seems like I'm just looking for a way out of this. I can see this thing (laughs) crashing. I'm really curious what other versions of the script look like, because like, apparently like, like, you know, Janine Garofalo really liked whatever script she signed on to, and then it just got destroyed. So, mm-hmm. what do you think of uh, Macy in this? I think he's miscast. I think he's horribly miscast. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Same. He's meant to be a grifter. He's never plays the honest guy. Well, and no, I'm so I mean, he's used plays, to that he... typecasting. Well, not the I grifter, don't know. But like, especially not this... a grifter, but like he has played like a, a good guy who's kind of dodgy, you know. Like that's I don't know. I mean, I look roles. at his role in like like Boogie Nights, and we're supposed to feel kind of bad for him. Like he's supposed to be kind of yeah. pathetic in that. Like he's kind of pathetic in this. Like so, I don't know. I mean, like like I think at this point in his career, people associate him with with Frank Gallagher, but like he has more range than that. I just think that at this character is kind of flat william h macy's comedic chops aren't really there and he doesn't yeah. really have the camaraderie like the um the Charisma. relationship with with uh with ben stiller that he needs to to carry the part through so yeah and he doesn't really have the charisma to take on the leadership role that he does here like it just it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really ring true for me. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time he's reading the lines kind of flat. He plays the part a little too earnest. Um, like the character is kind of written that, that way, but I think that you can add a little bit more depth to him. I mean, you know, you look at like Chris Evans' performance of Captain America, and there's definitely more depth to it. Than, That's where I felt um, miscast just 
because yeah like the earnestness yeah. in this role maybe it was just that he didn't get there but like yeah it just didn't seem like it was even gonna be, well i mean i think you like it was even to gonna be possible with what yeah I th- I, well i think ink also it's just like he's trying to balance that with making the performance comedic and he's kind of failing in both ways so right. <laughs> anyway anyway Yes, I, I, I like I agree with you all on that. I don't hate his performance, but like he just feels out of place in this. I feel like you could have gotten someone who probably with a more comedic background who could have played like honestly, like I would have rather seen like Dane Cook play this part and William H. Macy play the waffler. Lots <laughs> of good people are stinking it up in this, so I'm not gonna bl- I'm not gonna blame the actors. It's there's yeah. It's like uh, you know, in, in my job when you're testing a network, did everything go down? Well, then it's the network, not the one thing you're calling me about. You know, yeah. it's like everything yeah. else here is fucking uh, so shoddy that like like yeah. absolute. Uh, well, I mean, we, we should just keep going, and there are other things that I'll call out um, as we go. Um, yeah, because yeah. Well, I mean, all right. So, fun fact about the waffler, real fast, is yeah. uh, Ben Stiller like let Dane Cook know, "Hey, your character's the waffler. Dress however you want." Dane Cook comes in, like taking it literally, and Ben Stiller's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to be indecisive." <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> I think way it's way funnier, funnier though. I think it's oh, way, it's way funnier. funnier. I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, it reminds like, me of, like, of justice with, with Rain Wilson's character running around hitting people with the hammer, like to run around hitting people with a waffle iron. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really uh, <laughs> uh, so they attempt to make a name for themselves, but their inexperience in fighting and dubious abilities generally result in defeat and frustration while trying to stop a robbery in progress from the Red Eyes, Artie Lang. Uh, they are upstaged by the city's powerful and arrogant superhero, Captain Amazing, Greg Kinnear. Uh, however, Amazing's crime-fighting prowess has practically made his job obsolete. Without any worthy adversaries, uh, most are either dead in exile or in jail. Uh, I love the gag. Good line. Like, what happened? What happened to Deathman? He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say I love the line of like I'm a publicist, not a magician, and yeah, Ricky but... J is literally a magician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his corporate sponsors are beginning to withdraw support to create a need for his service. His Pepsi services specifically. Huh. Pepsi specifically. Yeah. Yes. Pepsi is the one that drops by names. <laughs> It is both satire and product placement. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pepsi's, bo- Pepsi's actually mentioned multiple times throughout the film. So Pepsi yes. definitely gave the film money. Like, oh, they did yeah. not mention Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, and they, I believe there, I have like a, there was a lot of merch for this movie, I, if I recall. It's very possible. Like, oh, I vaguely remember like all the you, stupid bullshit. You know? I remember like action figures for this movie. Like, yeah, they really yeah. were wow. like trying thing. to push it to kids Oof. hard. Yeah, and they it really just were. did not land. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like this movie just doesn't play well to kids. I think it really plays to like comic fans, um, which, you know, ultimately um, was why it probably should have, like, I'd. If they made this movie like now, or really if they made this movie like ten years ago, it'd be interesting to see what, what they how how this movie would change into something else that probably would have resonated with audiences a bit more. Because I, mm-hmm. think this I was, mean, it's the boys, right? I mean, yeah, but the boys is way edgier than this was than this is, or yeah. Really well, oh wait, the, the uh, boys are invincible? actually competent. Isn't there yeah. that show Invincible? Invincible Isn't is similar like to the no. Invincible is like the it's boys more superhero, actual superhero. With, <laughs> 
like okay i thought that was yeah. like a pg-13 thing no, no this was a very much a hard <laughs> art okay, okay. Like, <laughs> my bad yeah, yeah. no uh <laughs> invincible has omni-man invincible like, and the boys are very pu- punching through people and just seeing okay. gore and viscera yeah. flying around sounds right yeah i mean yeah yeah it's i mean pretty rad. The, yeah invincible <laughs> is very is very similar to the boys i feel like it has i feel like the boys is a little bit more humorous and a little bit more um like socially conscious than invincible is but yes. like they're they're in the same realm <laughs> we're, we're definitely blanking on something guys every movie is a fucking superhero movie now there has to be a modern equivalent of mystery men which is like i mean the closest the closest PG-13. really is Watchmen that we already mentioned like it, it, it's it's hard. Hard. Well, though. yeah yeah like, um, yeah. I I guess like your modern equivalent is uh no they just incorporated I, I think into the, the movie is still an R. Yeah, this is, I mean this is the blueprint for like what Marvel did the opposite. Like I so many lessons are learned by Hollywood, I think, from this movie. Cause like oh yeah, I mean, just look at the way that uh Marvel approaches this now. They 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 would get it on you know a director who's done like one indie movie or some commercial you know shit like that but they but the producers the director now and the studio make sure that stuff like this can happen you know there's like way too many restrictions well there, or, there's, or there's i mean more, or there is the, a lot of there, for the more, benefit because they're successful much movies more producer oversight um but at the same time like you know this script was being worked on at the last minute similar to how a lot of the superhero movies are made now so i mean like that's not terribly different um like i i do think that there'd be more studio meddling but more studio meddling is the problem with most dceu films so you know like it doesn't always always work out um so green lantern uh, uh, <laughs> sorry had some shit stuck in my throat yeah um it's a bad movie if you haven't seen it don't i won't and i I like i actively like ryan reynolds but like if you haven't seen it at this point don't yeah i don't plan to (laughs) yeah um and ryan reynolds doesn't want you to see it yeah, well, I mean, watch, watch voices is, instead. Right, it, it's always interesting to see how much Ryan Reynolds shits all, shits all that mm-hmm. movie, especially considering that, as far as I know, that's how he met Blake Lively. So, oh yeah, uh, it, it is. It's probably the only still, good thing that yeah. came out of yeah. that movie in his mind. It's like, wow, we both made this shitty movie together. Let's get married. <laughs> yeah, Reynolds a couple is the kids bomb and man. buy a soccer team. Reynolds <laughs> is the bomb, bomb and buried. Watch that shit. Uh, Buried is such a neat flick, and like it is, and he's great in it. He really is, and without him being so strong in it, like the movie fails. Yeah, like no. it's One why Full Moon failed is because be Colin Farrell is not, not strong enough to carry that. Yeah, like that. Ryan Reynolds is. I don't I know. Think, I mean, I, I think, think Colin phone... Farrell could do it now, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I, don't I, like I think Phone Booth needed needed a lot of work on its script. I I don't put it all yeah. on Colin Farrell for why yeah. that movie failed. I, I hate the part... script for Phone Booth. Uh, That's the uh, main I, problem. I, like, I mean, and I think yeah, the script for it sucks, and I think that there's like, like honestly, Colin Farrell does the best he can with what he has. It's just like, yeah, like the supporting cast is fucking atrocious, and their subplots make no sense. I think so, everyone was doing yeah. fucking Colin Farrell dirty in the yeah. No, I, I think he, I think he got pretty screwed with that movie. Oh, so you many. see, I hate saying that because I it, like as awful as the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie is, I do great love enough. Colin Farrell's fucking bullseye. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, 
Well, yeah, that I mean, makes that movie he chokes that old lady to death with the with the <laughs> peanuts. Yeah, yeah. just fucking great scene. <laughs> or, or killing a guy with a fucking uh, paperclip, like. I, I love it. I love it. It's I want to ridiculous. revisit that movie. I hated it no, at the time, don't. but maybe I love no, it now. <laughs> no, it, it's terrible. I, I should watch the director's cut at some point, but like honestly, it's just like like Affleck and Garner are awful in it. Like they're terrible written characters that they don't play them well. Um, but it's weird because like I, I do like Farrell. I do like um Michael Clark Duncan and honestly Joey oh, Pants I, I isn't that bad Pan. either um and you know oh, I like Pants. I like I like Favreau way better than uh than I ever liked Eldon Henson in that as Foggy but you know I've been vocal about how much I hate <laughs> Eldon Henson <laughs> yeah, so. You have. <laughs> <laughs> so all right anyway. keep it on keep it on uh to create a need for his services amazing uses his alter ego billionaire lawyer Lance Hunt also, I totally blank that he's a lawyer, but like a billionaire lawyer feels wrong. But I mean, it, the whole notion of it is that he's, you know, oh, yeah, he, Clark Kent, Bruce yeah, Wayne. Clark, I mean, and, you know, it's it's to have like the he only plays Lance Hunt in one scene, and it's so that he has a justification to show up on the parole hearing board. I like so. the scene. I like that he's reading it. From I just his hate the fact list. that Lena Olin gets nothing to do in this movie. Like yeah. she's got that... two lines at the beginning of the movie, and that's yeah. the last time you hear her speak, or yeah. like during that scene. I she feel like there was like, the like significantly more that she was given that they just cut. So like it's such a bizarre. I'm, I'm curious situation. what the three hour cut of this is because yeah, there was it a exists. lot. Of there stuff was a that lot got that was cut, cut and they still probably should have cut more. I'm, I'm, curious. I'm not curious at all. Uh, I'm super group, curious like I'm there's a whole curious. scene that has like Luis Guzman as like the owner of a Mexican restaurant they go to and get into an argument with like I'm yeah. I'm really no curious there's obvious there's obviously cut. like I you look at how little the Sphinx does during the finale and it's just like they cut something with him you know so he's yeah. my favorite character yeah like he's a great actor like, too if, if you could yeah. put more of him in the movie I don't know why they didn't I mean, probably because the action scenes didn't work. I mean, like, like basically, there's him. It, like, the suits are not dealt with in the finale of the film, so I have a feeling there was an interaction between the Sphinx and the suits that didn't work, and they just cut it. Oh, so, that would make sense. Yeah. That's disappointing. But hey, when we get to the end, there's, like, two shout-outs that I want to give. Uh, or at least, you know, once we meet, like, the gang of gangs. Let no, the man speak on it. Let the man speak on it, because we're very early in on it. We're not very early, and we've been talking forever, and we're barely into the movie. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying let him get through the thing. We're very early in the description. Um, all right. So, billionaire lawyer Lance Hunt, to argue for the release of his nemesis, ne nemesis, nemesis, um, supervillain Casanova Frankenstein, um, Jeffrey Rush. How many fucking Oscar Award nominees are there in this movie? Like, at least one at time. No, I think at least two at time of filming this, because Jeffrey Rush, I think, had already won for Shine, and I think that William H Macy was nominated. Wasn't he nominated for Fargo? Uh, have he could have been. I mean, at the end of the day, like Greg Kinnear was actually robbed not being nominated for as good as it gets. But um, you know, Wes Duty got an Academy Honorary Award in 2019. In 2019, yeah. I saw that. 
Like, man should have been fucking, like, especially the year that, like, Dances with Wolves won. He should have been nominated for a Best Supporting Actor, and... Oscar was full, full, full whitey back then. They weren't even yeah. pretending. They were like, oh, you made a movie about Native Americans? Give Kevin Costner all the awards. Yeah. <laughs> don't, mention don't mention anyone else, please. We don't want a repeat of that time where Marilyn Brando won and the, uh, that lady came up instead of him. Well, yeah, now they changed the rules about people accepting uh, awards on people's behalf. So I think the presenter has to accept it on someone's behalf if they don't come up. Like, I'm trying yeah. to remember how they dealt with um, Heath Ledger. Like, I think they let his family come up, but I can't remember. So. But yes, release Casanova Frankenstein from an insane asylum. However, the plan backfires. Once released and reunited with his henchman, Tony P, and the disco and his disco boys, I find it funny that they only mention uh, Tony P, not Tony C. Tony. Well, Tony C doesn't do anything. In <laughs> no, like, he does not. Like, but Tony, Tony P, C is... we've got. Um, Oh, why Tony am I P. blanking on his name right now? Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Eddie Izzard. I mean, Terrible it's unfortunate. He's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's so bad because I think in, how he physically moves is great. It's just every time you give him any dialogue, he's just so flat. And it's just like, like dude. like And he can't he, do the accent. Yeah, he's trying like, to do a really bad American accent. He just sounds English half the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just like, like his, like it's so weird because I think that, like, like you know, he walks out onto the dance floor and he starts like dancing, like that's good, and then all of a sudden he'll open his mouth and it's just like, and what, like overdub him or something. He sounds awful. Yeah. Like he has no, <laughs> oh, there's no emotion to anything he's saying. It's just like, and like, even dude, if you look reason- at him. Even if the you reason look why at Eddie Izzard in... struggles to get work, and it's because of this shit. So yeah, if you yeah. look at him in other scenes, he's like he looks like he's not engaged with what's happening when he's not the main person in the scene. If you That's just look fair. At him, yeah, yeah, he's just kind of like looking <laughs> like he's looking like he's not he's forgotten to act or just like yeah. Just I mean, on, it's just, just like yeah. Set. I mean, it's just like yeah. When he when the focus is on him, I think he looks great. But when he's given dialogue or the focus isn't on him, I do think he's boring. Yeah, so. I'm surprised he was able to get roles after this. I saw him in a TV show called The riches and he had improved by then but yeah. i think it was kind of a you know it, he was being lifted by it being a pretty good show but yeah. also playing an american again i'm like guy this is not your strong suit <laughs> <laughs> like it's slightly better than this but like still clearly not a, didn't you know no no uh hugh Laurie's house or anything <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> I mean, in you know, because it's just like I've been a you know, I I think his dress to kill stand up act is amazing, um, and I still mm-hmm. quote it from time to time. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I like him too. It just, but nice. he, he's yeah. just he's not good in this. So, all right, yeah. uh, Casanova Frankenstein blows up an asylum. Well, blows up the asylum he was in. Easily outwits and captures amazing, and prepares to unleash the psychofraculator, uh, which lethally bends reality on the city i mean i think the psychofraculator is an interesting concept that i would like to see in a better movie yeah i mean i feel like it's ultimately how the end isn't it pretty similar to how what the ending of of the kingsman like i Uh, guess this is more uh, visual but since y'all do pronouns on this i believe eddie Izzard is referred to as prefers to be referred to as she oh okay i always i always thought it was a transvestite thing and not necessarily a gender thing but i, know I just that, checked i know i know that they've changed their uh their stance on a lot of that stuff uh recently so anyway she's running uh, for office oh. uh, in, in england Ooh. I believe. Uh, yeah 
So, I mean, like, yeah, the cycle, I mean, it's also, the cycle calculator I also think is pretty similar to, like, uh, Joker's balloon um, scheme in uh, Tim Burton's Batman. So, like, you know, it has reference. Yeah. To superhero bullshit. Um, oh, okay. So it skips over meeting uh, Claire Falani uh, as because a waitress. Because that subplot sucks. Uh, on a stakeout of Casanova Frankenstein's mansion, Mr. Furious observes Amazing's capture and informs his team. After an unsuccessful rescue attempt, the three realize they need more allies. Through word of mouth and auditions, they recruit Invisible Boy, the Spleen, and the Bowler. The emboldened team ambushes Casanova's limousine, but merely succeed in annoying him. Well, we should mention um, the Invisible Boy is played by Kel Mitchell, the Spleen is played by Paul Rubens, and the Bowler is played by Dream. Janine Garofalo. I miss her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's not great in this, but no. I, I, I still love her, and I do miss her as well. Uh, it's uh, she what, got she died. I was, I was she got Dixie no. chicks. Oh, got, okay. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> Only below them, and how hard she got Dixie chicked. Yeah, that sucks. I didn't realize that. I yeah, just very realized vocal, that I haven't heard uh, anything from her in years. Yeah, yeah very like she was very vocally against and the, the war, Afghan yeah. war and then didn't get work after that. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Um, all right. Since this sort of skips over the whole recruitment scene, uh, there are some fun cameos in there because we've already mentioned Dane Cook as the waffler and showing up as the wrong kind of waffler that actually works better than what Ben Stiller had in mind. Uh, we've also got Doug Jones mm. as a Pencil Technically, head. well, yeah, he calls himself Pencilhead, but the the shirt that him and Son of Pencilhead are wearing have PM, so it's supposed to be Pencil Man, but he couldn't remember what his character name was, so that's a fun one. Um, Dana Gould also shows up in there, and I want to say it's like Jason Mraz is on, like, he's not credited in it. But like, there's some. He also wasn't like anyone at this point. So yeah, like yeah. Well, he he did the X Games because he rode bicycles, and there was like a BMXer in the line that looks oh, like okay. fucking Jason Mraz. Well, I feel that... like his breakout wasn't until like five years later. So yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Like, if someone wants to go to the IMDb, but yeah. nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> Meh. I can do it. Like it's um, not I'm just, I'm just putting is Jason Jazz, Jason Mraz in Mystery Man. Oh, yeah, that works too. <laughs> Jason Mraz, I've totally slept with men. That's what I got it. Oh, that was way better than the actual answer. <laughs> hey, someone's okay with their bisexuality. And, some of, them, and some of them, some of them might no be Mystery there. Man. Yeah, <laughs> some of them might be mystery men. That just makes it even more funny. Um, and yeah, like the whole scene with them ambushing Casanova's limo, like the limo itself is rad because it's uh, well, that scene does nothing and goes nowhere. <laughs> oh yeah, no, hey, well, yeah, uh, no. well, like they all like it, this it, is one of the it, big sets... problems with the plot is like they know really early on that Captain Amazing is held in Casanova's Frankenstein's mansion. Like that should have taken them way longer. They also break into Casanova Frankenstein's mansion like three or four times throughout <laughs> yeah. the course of this movie. And it's like, find a different plot beat. Like I feel yeah. like they should have of like first gone to like 
Lance Hunt's mansion and been like, where's Lance Hunt? And like, have that whole discussion of like, I think Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. You're crazy. Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't be able to see. Like, that got me to laugh pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> but that would require a different set. Yeah. Well, yeah. but they're stealing all the sets from fucking Batman anyway. Use the use the Wayne Manor. <laughs> what the fuck yeah, is go. this set? Why is there why is the staircase made of teeth? Can someone explain <laughs> that to me? Because he's crazy. Yeah. Ooh. It's got a very paper mache vibe to it for something so expensive. <laughs> all right. While drunk from celebrating their quote unquote victory, the team is nearly killed in retaliation by Tony P and the Disco Boys. They are saved by the Sphinx. Uh, West Studi. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. West Studi. Um, an enigmatic superhero who agrees to train them. The Sphinx's unconventional team-building exercises are... And anti-metabolo. <laughs> anti-metabolo. Like, I don't I don't know that anti word. Anti-metabolo? No, I mean, I think it's like hyperbole, but like, you know, oh, anti-metabolo. Because basically oh, it's just okay. like, I, to master, to... You must learn to master your rage before your rage masters, masters you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's it. all no, of the, his the Wikipedia example is uh, I know what I like and I like what I know. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's exactly what that is. Uh, every, I mean, one, like, every one of like, the DC scenes kills. Yeah. I and mean, I love his final interaction with Ben Stiller where he reverses it on him is hilarious. <laughs> um, like... <laughs> I, this is like the only part of this movie that works for me genuinely. Well, well so when, like, when Ben Stiller calls him out, it's like he I does one back to that, him, right? Yeah, yeah. he does one like, back no. to him. Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, uh, that was a fun thing that I noticed in this. I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but um, it, there was, I think it was a Star Wars video game that Shatner kept on saying sabotage instead of sabotage. Oh, yeah, yeah, sabotage. And, like, yeah. you know, I, you don't correct me. It sickens me. They, <laughs> yeah. they legit have that line in yeah. this movie. And That's I also a that great line. The, funny. That, that got a laugh out of me for sure, that line. Yeah, what, I mean, what's that from originally? It's from something, it's from a Shatner. No, uh, it, it's from, from stories Shatner of Shatner recording, recording voiceover lines for a Star Wars video game Amazing. in the early 90s. Oh, it sounds, so it's like I Shatner's mushy peas incident? Yes. <laughs> or what is it? Frozen peas. That's the Wars of Wells. What thing. is that line again? Don't correct me. You just disgust me. Don't correct me. It sickens me. It's <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful line. <laughs> I mean, that's up there with like the, uh, you know, uh, Galaxy Quest, uh, um, Tim Allen having to leave set because he was feeling things. And then um, you have Rickman being like, I think he actually just acted for the first time in his life. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we'll, we'll talk about that again when we eventually uh -huh. do Galaxy Quest. That's <laughs> eventually. He got yeah. Rickman. <laughs> uh, all right <laughs> that's him crying after <laughs> oh i'm just imagining like him in his trailer just <laughs> God, oh, man, can't show emotion hey, remember remember when you sold out all those, those crack dealers 
go to that place. (laughs) (laughs) Don't care. You're saving your own ass. Let's keep Tim Allen where he belongs, only in Toy Story movies and nowhere else. (laughs) He's had some other things that have been okay, such as Galaxy Quest, but... Oh, yeah, well... He worked in... He He was good in that, I guess. He worked in Home Improvement. (laughs) Because the character is basically, like, Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Allen was good as Tim Allen. Yeah. <laughs> the man. I mean, that, it, which it he's just... still playing today on some well, other I mean, dumb show no, called I mean, Last yeah, Man he's... Standing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that the same? Oh, oh, I mean, it's, I it's had to watch two two episodes in a row. Yeah, it's Ugh, the same formula of so many nightmare. sitcoms based around comedians. It's just like, and just play yourself, and then we'll get other actors around you who are okay. And you know, it's all about how much they're willing to let those other actors do anything, or if they want to be the center of attention. And Tim Allen is very much, I want to be the center of attention, as like a contrast to like. I don't know Ray Romano. I think ink that uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, his brother ended up stealing the scene from him. His parents stole the scene from him most of the time. Oh yeah, too, yeah. So. love Ray Romano. Big yeah. respect. All right, um, anti-metabolic. Yeah, <laughs> anti-metabolic rhetoric annoy Mister Furious, who quits the group, but the others flourish under his tutelage. Knowing that they will still be outgunned, the group seek out Doc Heller, uh, Tom Waits, who specializes yeah, like, in non-lethal Love weaponry. Love him. Why is yeah, he in this uh, movie? I mean, <laughs> Tom Waits is always like, I always love it when he shows up and shit, because, like... Well, I, he wasn't too... Like, I, this is obviously some kind of paycheck he needed, probably to make another album or something. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, he does these weird Hollywood appearances every now and again. And this is, like, maybe the... One of the biggest movies he's in, he's in Shrek Two, and then the rest is all indie shit, you know. Like yeah, it's all most, of it. It's mostly indie shit. Yeah. The Book of Eli, like so, they must have offered him something real nice, or is the, there's a friend involved or something. Yeah, I mean, I would say Dracula was probably a bigger Hollywood. Yeah, production I guess than... it counts, but you know, yeah. also like big yeah. director you know yeah. ser- serious movie it's not like a hollywood hollywood you know not yeah. like that not like this uh, that was still pretty <laughs> hollywood, like a fucking, hollywood that's pretty I, no at the but time, this is like this is a marketing cash you know happy yeah, meal no, and then, movie and then he's, this he's is pop, he's popped up hollywood and, hollywood yeah he, he's he's made some weird like i guess he's in both the ballad of Buster scruggs and licorice pizza so like he'll come out for like like specific directors um probably them seeking him out more than him seeking them out but you know yeah and domino like he's in domino i guess and that was was yeah that was richard that was uh tony yeah that was tony scott yeah so well did everybody hear the disappointing news today of uh william freaking died yeah no, yeah, I didn't hear that. I hadn't heard that. Come yet. on, The Exorcist or French Connection. Pick one. No. Uh, he was a fucking legend. Uh, he's like the sa- I I showed Emily some videos of him before because he was the really sassy guy I was showing you, Emily. He's just like straight up tell directors their shit to their face. <laughs> where there's a, this amazing Nicholas Winding Refn interview where he he says, "Well, only God forgives" is a masterpiece, of course. Like. Reffin, who made the film, says this about his own movie. <laughs> and Freakin's response is just clap. He just looks to the camera with absolute disdain, like, and then just goes on a rant, like, Are you fucking kidding me? This movie's not a masterpiece. What are you talking about? And this is like an hour long, like, intellectually, like, he has to sit with him. He just doesn't, he didn't give a shit. I, I, 
I, I have a lot of respect for freaking. All right, that's hilarious, and I've never seen it before. So yeah, I think I know what out. I'm Just doing go watch, after. <laughs> go watch freaking be sassy uh, to people in his memory, because the guy really, 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 really cared about movies, you know. Um. All right. Uh, Doc Heller, who specializes in non-lethal weaponry, to equip them for their battle. Furious, encouraged by his new girlfriend, it's not really established. Monica rejoins the team. Claire Forlani. That's the first time we hear her name in this. Wild. Um, and she you're has right, a name Dan, tag. Like, I don't think I, I don't think she's ever mentioned by name in the entire movie. I don't I think, think it's she is. Just, I just she just has a name tag that says Monica on it. My name is so. Phoenix. Dark. Dark. <laughs> some of Dark Stiller's Phoenix, stuff works. <laughs> some of Stiller, there's some of their relationship building stuff works, I guess, but not. Stiller's generally fine in this. I think that it's yeah. interesting because Stiller said Stiller, I guess, was initially approached to play Blue Raja, and he didn't want to be typecast as nerds, so he kind of insisted on playing Furious instead. Um, and the way that curious was written i guess was like the character was like angry all the time and stiller was like that doesn't give an actor any sort of range of emotion to play so mm-hmm. he kind of wrote it as like and so he kind of like tried to rework the characters as the one who has like no powers whatsoever he, like like he he, he I, there's a quote that he like compla- compares himself like he's the guy who like form the band but has the least talent of all the members so mm. like this part like, of the movie yeah. the george if the, harrison if if the rest of it uh, worked the beatles for <laughs> the worst like the worst musician of the beatles is arguably ringo it's and ringo is the last ringo. person to to join the band like Ringo has a very specific drumming style that's really interesting he also did a lot in terms of promoting drummers like he's not a bad drummer it's just like he's not an amazing drummer he's Um, a terrible singer yeah he he is a terrible singer (laughs) and he tried and did it he did it a lot surprisingly (laughs) and I got to listen to way more of it than I ever needed to the other night (laughs) I, I mean, it's, Todd, it's... Todd in the Shadows did a, a Train Records review of uh, his fourth his fourth album, a horrible disco nightmare that <laughs> flopped flopped beyond all belief, which is uh, yeah. worth a watch on YouTube or Nebula or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's he's you know he's he's above a session player, um, and he is part of the band, but like he is uh, you know. If you're talking about like songwriting or, or musical songwriting powerhouse, you're talking about Lennon McCarthy. And in terms of like musical ability, Harrison is definitely the most musically gifted of the four. But I think know. the stiller through line of this movie could work, but it's because everything else is so messy and all over. Oh, the this whole thing, this whole movie is very. It, yeah. This whole movie is chaotic, and I each feel thing like... that could work is brought down by something else. You know. Yeah, like... I mean, in that, like, I, I feel like the ju- I, I've mentioned it already. The juxtaposition of styles, if they leaned into it, I think could have really produced some interesting things, but instead it just feels haphazard and you know doesn't really work most of the time. So slapdash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, slapdash, I think is a good way to put that. All right. The team break into Casanova's mansion. It doesn't say this, but for like the third the f- fucking time. Yep. <laughs> uh during a summit of several of the city's gangs, like the Disco Boys, the Furriers, the Frat Boys. Uh fun fact, two of the Frat Boys, one is Michael Bay, the other is Ricky Rackman. I grew up watching Headbangers Ball, so I, I know who Ricky Rackman is. 
I think uh, it's hilarious that Michael Bay is, is one of the frat the best boys. Cast, the best casting in this movie. Bring oh, yeah. he just, it's like he, he that. Just plays that is how himself. I see yeah. Michael Bay being in Same. real life. It's Absolutely. just like Hard you know, you guys know that Michael Bay. Can we blow some shit up? <laughs> Michael Bay is that guy, but he also plays a lot into being that guy. Like he yeah. is self-aware that he is. Oh yeah, that guy. You know, like, absolutely. <laughs> But hilarious. Yes. Everything else but, about I yeah. okay. No, if we're if we're gonna check it out, this is also I fucking hate these gangs. They're so oh, I hate, oh it's so terrible uninteresting. There's, and they're mm-hmm. so oh distracting God. and unnecessary yep. and like like basically it just creates it's a like way too much. It's like, like the most bottom of the barrel uh Austin Powers style. It just reminded me of like when you know well, when I mean, Mike, it's, it's you know just, when Mike Myers is terrible. Yeah, it reminded, it reminded me well, of that. But, but I mean, there's not even like a solid joke with them. There's no joke. Like that, yeah. because as it's just like, I get that they're kind of trying to reference. It's the fact that like, I, yeah, there are a lot of like goofy superhero, like villain henchmen. But like, there's nothing specific that they're latching on to. Like, yeah, I feel and like they don't Austin even Powers... give them, they don't give them gags to do, yeah. to yeah. ingratiate you to them. Like, the, yeah, I mean, there's... like, I... Like, when has a gangster voice guy not been funny? Give the guy, yeah. like, you know, give the main suits guy a few lines. Give, like... Well, they other, do, now but they're, they're just, not funny. Yeah, they're, they're not funny. Not memorable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's... I mean, Eddie Izzard, you know, has similar problem with... Uh, with All of these henchmen uh, suck. With how Tony sees portrayed. But, like, yeah, all these henchmen suck. I mean, it's like... Like, you can look at Austin Powers, which I do think the first Austin Powers does a much better job of of introducing kind of the, like, goofy... I'm talking about the later ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. When they get really lazy with it. But, I mean, like, I I just think that basically, you know, just make all of Casanova, Frankenstein's uh, henchmen, just make them all the disco boys like yeah, that's yeah. all you need like yeah. you don't need like it's too much it's over the top so like you know and it's not over the top in a good way and again it's just like if you made gags if you you know if you're leaning into this juxtaposition there there's an alleyway here but it's not the way it's presented so and because we're still not done with the different groups we've got the yep. not so goody mob which is played by, played by the goody mob which, which is a hilarious joke green but, but... But like, yeah. unless you know who the fuck they are, you're not going to get that joke. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like the digital underground and nothing but trouble for the five people. Well, I mean, uh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of jokes. And, like, I mean, Michael oh Bay's man, cameo that's a movie a I want to do of like who the fuck was this made for and do, do like nothing but freak. trouble because yeah, that's like, the kind that of movie nightmarish thing you awful. dream of torturing us. With. I know you. No, but I mean, in you know, I mean, it's like Michael Bay's cameo. It's it's funny if you know that's a michael bay cameo but it's gonna fly over most audiences head yeah yeah that joke is definitely the michael bay thing is definitely not meant that's got to be an inside baseball joke because he has no public profile at that time oh exactly absolutely is i mean that's the same thing that we're saying with the the goody mob yeah Yeah. the same thing we're saying with the goody mob because their public profile is not i never even heard of them i know CeeLo, and i was like oh that's CeeLo. i don't know yeah i never heard of the goody mob but that was like the rap group that he was in that you know, before he, he before he did Norrell yeah. Barkley, before he became a solo act, like yeah, right. I like how how like like his two biggest hits are with two di- are like under two different names because mm-hmm. he just can't stick with a band. So, <laughs> but I mean, technically three biggest hits because yep. he definitely did "Night Begins to Shine" at one point too. Just saying, uh... <laughs> <laughs> is that his third biggest hit? That's 
Oh, I, I doubt it is, but it's definitely the third it. one that I know the most. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think it did chart, so. <laughs> uh, then you have the Suits and the Susies. Uh, while attempting to free Captain Amazing, they inadvertently set off the Psychofraculator and kill him. Uh, fun fact, when Jean uh, Garofalo touches the wrist and it falls off, that scream she lets out is real because she didn't realize how fragile it was, so she thought she you know accidentally broke it instead of like no it was meant to break um without amazing the team despairs okay so this was only the second time that they've broken into his place because the third time is after they leave after killing amazing um without amazing the team despairs uh of saving the city but the shoveler delivers a pep talk which inspires them to continue. I mean, personally, I would rather just have that really like, egg salad sandwich. Because this this pep talk is not inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I was not inspired. I was inspired was not... to get ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, I'd rather just eat that egg salad sandwich. Like, yep. Because it doesn't matter. So let's just enjoy egg salad. Um, wait a minute. Let's find something more tasty than egg salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like good egg salad sandwich. Me too. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What's that black cracker? A tomato. <laughs> uh, with new resolve, the team assaults the mansion again. This time, though, so the third time they break into the mansion. Uh, this time, though, uh, through a mix of surprise teamwork, maximizing their quasi superpowers and Heller's quirky weapons, they subdue Casanova Frankenstein's henchmen. However, Casanova Frankenstein holds Monica hostage. But like, how, how does how does he even know who the fuck she is? No, um, they, they they show two disco boys spying oh, on okay. Ben Stiller at one point, and that's that she's kidnapped off screen. Um, so like, yeah, it's a very weak. Like it's it's a I mean like so many subplots it's it's poorly developed and again it's just sort of like like it is too random henchmen it really should be Tony C um to you know but like whatever I mean I, and I think that there's a problem with how henchmen are portrayed in this film um because like give Lino Lin something to do <laughs> right you know and then and also I think there's a notion of like like it's weird how they portray like like he's called Casanova Frankenstein so in theory he should be somewhat of a womanizer um and like they do kind of like show him like like with the furriers and then later kind of being really you know kind of rapey with with Monica um but it's just like yeah there's there's like definitely charming, like, a, like I'm your boyfriend now vibe going on there yeah it's it, it's like I, it's it's like in name only i feel like i don't know i feel like i jeffrey rush like make plays this kind of as generic supervillain, and there's like a charisma factor that based on the name i think should be there like there's no like i, I feel like he should both be like he should be a really charismatic mad scientist the way that the name is mm-hmm. spelled out but instead he's just kind of generic supervillain. so yeah Oh, I feel like just because we just talked about uh, two other Ben Stiller movies a couple weeks ago, uh, I think this is a big problem with like Ben Stiller and his ability to write. I mean, did he write this? Did no, write this? but a lot of this is it's you know, him, yeah. his improv. And yeah, it, I mean, like, I feel like they definitely had through. a loose script on this. Yeah, but. um. 
yeah, holds Monica hostage and activates the psychofraculator, which begins to wreak havoc upon the city. While the team works to disable the device, Mr. Furious takes on Casanova Frankenstein, unleashes his inner rage, and fights effectively for the first time. Well, there was that time he lifted a city he lifted a city bus. Uh, Mr. Furious throws Casanova. That was a gag they should have played up more. I mean, oh, yeah. like I I I think that they should have had it established like really early on that like like he lifted it a city bus and like like and the story gets less and less impressive mm-hmm. as it, as it goes on until it's delivered <laughs> terribly. Yeah, it From is the first time terribly. it's mentioned to the It's end mentioned of... way too late and then it's already just taken apart like immediately. So Wow. Um I'm looking at the uh the writing credits of the guy I I am too. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, yeah. He did Hocus Pocus and Avengers of Pluto Dash and Jeez. Return of the Swamps thing, and that's it. That is all he like he does Ooh. not have a Wikipedia entry. Yeah. Is, uh... This is like Mystery Men is his best reviewed movie, though, um, by critics. Uh Hocus Pocus oh. is his best. I mean, that's honestly surprising because Hocus like Pocus I remember liking Hocus reviewed... Pocus even when it came out. Hocus but Pocus. I, don't again, think I was the target age group. Audiences. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any group. any more severe a movie jail than that of Adventures of Pluto Nash. No, yeah. like Eddie, that Eddie one Murphy alone took, even took ten years I mean, or there, so. There, there's a reason why he that. hasn't worked since Adventures of Pluto Nash. I imagine. So. Yeah, <laughs> like hopefully, hopefully he cashed his paychecks and uh, is doing all right. <laughs> Getting those Pluto Nash residuals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Mr. Furious throws Casanova Frankenstein into the core of the psychofraculator, which kills him with its reality bending powers. Uh, the rest of the team helps the bowler to destroy the device and escape the mansion as it implodes. I, I do love like the the answer to all of their problems is a group hug. Uh, yeah, I wish it had been played up better, but I do like that using the group hug to shield the bowler, I think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could have been executed like so many things. I could think it could have been executed better, but like I, I did like that moment um, because uh, it is something that like they've established of like how the Sphinx is all about the group hugs. So, but uh, I do get... like the invisible boy is actually powered. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. The yeah, the invisible boy being being invisible when no one can see him is a great gag that's executed well. I wish the character had more to do other than his introductory scene and when he goes past the electric eye. But like, it was at yeah, least memorable. Like the introductory because... scene I think is great. Like, yeah. hey, Dad, I'm going to like even just when <laughs> going the three of these strange like, like, <laughs> like even just when like the three of them arrive at the apartment and yeah. you know you can already tell like all three of them are just like eyes glazed over totally checked out but they still follow him in and hey dad i'm going to my room with three strange <laughs> three men and well, i mean it's no also response. just like i like i like i also like his origin of just like people didn't pay to pay attention to me so much that i gained the power to turn to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, but only as long as no one's sad. looking <laughs> and like i, I kind of wish that they'd like i played into like leaned into that a little bit more with his character but it's just like i you know when you're used to like origin stories of like I was exposed to like like you know gamma rays or whatever and it's just like people just didn't pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. Uh, all right we're we're so close to the end and we can like yeah. talk about the rest of the bullshit. 
Uh, the team is swarmed by reporters who want to know the group's name. As they argue possible names amongst themselves, one reporter states, Well, whatever you may call them, Champion City will forever owe a debt of gratitude to these mystery men. They said the name of the movie, and they are too busy arguing to hear it. Yeah. Uh, I I do, honestly, I, I really want a Flaming Carrot movie at some point. It'd just be weird as fuck, and I I would so be here for it. And given how much money like Deadpool has made, I think that you know you could make a flaming carrot movie work. But the only reason I bring that up is because this is where the idea for this came from. Yeah, I mean, the, only the shoveler and Mister Furious are. Yeah, they're the only two. No, characters. it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Why haven't you guys the... gone off to Hollywood to make bank by bringing no, back I... random comic book characters? Well, well, what no one knows. I think is, no, what, what's amazing is the Sphinx. The Sphinx is a public domain superhero from mm -hmm. like like the thirties. Like, oh, awesome. Like, the the fifties, like, yeah. but he had no, no family, the, and well, well, there's the, no the one to take it. So he went in into yeah. He he entered the public domain in the fifties, but he was you know prominent in the thirties. So, oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. But it's just like it's crazy that it's just like that is a public domain character that they just used. <laughs> like, there's a 1981 Sphinx movie and there's a 1933 Sphinx movie. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what most we of need these is a uh, 2024 Sphinx movie. 2024, yeah. bring the Sphinx back. He can cut guns in half with his mind. Not sure if that was actually his power. I just wish, I, like, again, it's like I wish they had used. Like, I like, I like when they use that as his introduction. I again, it's just like he does nothing in the final like confrontation, and it's just like I get the impression he had a scene that was cut. Um, but it's like I feel like they should have done more with him. Um, because like every other like hero character gets like a moment, um, and he kind of doesn't. Um, you know, like I like when and the Blue Raja like throws the forks onto the wall to allow mr furious to climb them like yeah. i think that's like it's that's okay a cool idea moment. yeah like the six million dollar man sound when mr furious is jumping off from up top there yeah like mm. i i like some of the direction in there i like that you know giant pinky center it, it, it's very sam raimi for me so i enjoy it I mean, in, there's a lot like there's a lot of visual style to this. It's just like you're dealing with an unex inexperienced director who I think didn't really know how to do larger narrative stuff. So it's just like like while he's like good at kind of like setting scenes, like he doesn't really know how to like play scenes, you mm. know. So like because it's just like there's a lot of like visually interesting sets that they're on and then they don't do anything interesting on them yeah. <laughs> so, the sets yeah. are more interesting than the movie itself <laughs> at times i would agree like like you know like like the random amusement park it's like this looks cool why is it here no <laughs> good reason <laughs> like... yep just is <laughs> so did we um, get there there was some fun we have oh yeah no sorry Finn. <laughs> yeah, we've got, yeah i'm trying to think of like what else there is to talk about that we didn't already Cover, mention yeah. per usual we just sort of like talk about it as we as do we the go summary. yeah, yeah. And this That's is why I am one of our shows. but like this is why I'm one like we're one of my favorite 
fucking movie podcasts. <laughs> I, I I did listen oh, to. Oh, so you're, uh, you're like, uh, who who is the person who was shitting on uh, William Friedkin? <laughs> who William Friedkin was shitting on? <laughs> I uh, think the best movies ever. Nicholas <laughs> Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> TJ TJ, you're no Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> no, I am not. Somebody give me like eight million dollars, and maybe I can be. Yeah, I'll try. You could probably, I'll you try, probably make a better. It. You could probably make a better movie than Only God Forgives. I can see that. <laughs> Somebody give me eight million dollars, and I'll I'll try. Come on, just get a bunch of UV lights and some fake blood, and just going. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, is there is there that much other stuff to mention? I mean, um. I think we kind of covered everything, but I think yeah. we did too, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I other said considerations I have a lot for to roles say, I think... were Ving Rhames and Vince Vaughn. It's yeah, weird. Changes. I mean, I'm, I'm so curious what the what the what the Danny DeVito shoveler centric movie would have been. Um, you can have Danny, Danny Day Lewis in this picture. Is not going to fucking oh. save it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just imagine... Danny DeVito might have made it funnier. Danny I DeVito, think, yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, in the Shoveler's a completely different character if it's played by Danny DeVito. So, yeah, DeVito, like, DeVito yeah. was. Let's be fair. Like the DeVito Renaissance happened, but let's not forget Renaissance Man, the te- one of many terrible Danny DeVito <laughs> pictures <laughs> from around this around this period. I mean, it's so where, it's, like, so, it's the same year of... that Man on the Moon came out, though. So. It's... It, it's such a right. weird thing. He's just to a look producer at. on that, though. No, he's in it. No, he's but, in it. Oh, he's yeah. in it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but Dan DeVito is always an interesting situation because it's just like you look at something like Batman Returns, and clearly he has range, and then he just like frequently will just sort of like, like you know devolve into playing Louis De Palma or Frank Reynolds, and it's just like this is just his comfortable wheelhouse, and he's good in it, but it's just like, like I'm sure he doesn't get. As, yeah, he got so many. You know, he he made such an amazing career out of oh yeah like, no i mean like romancing the stone is fucking amazing but like you know but like it's, yeah, it's interesting it. that he 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 always just plays like these is you know oh now he just kind of plays like like lovable fuck-ups um yeah whereas like you know he had he played a, more, a greater variety of roles um at various points in his career so but yeah, it's interesting it's just, because he's like he can play great villains and he can play great heroes too. So yeah, he can do great stuff, but like he did make you know, he was part of like a lot of very lame light comedies that just don't hit at all yep. around around this time, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, the comedy landscape I think was shifting. Yeah, it's not, and not this, on him. It's not yeah. On him. I mean, you know, I mean it's very interesting to me of just sort of like I do think that there's a major shift and what people like about comedy kind of in the late nineties that I can't really pinpoint, but I feel like, you know, when, like, I feel like when something, when there's something about Mary came out that marked a big shift in Mm -hmm. what people thought was funny. Um, And then, you know, Ben Stiller rode that wave as long as he could Mm -hmm. (laughs) mostly successfully though, this film didn't do that so hot, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, uh, yeah. Because like, you know, when we watch Zoolander, it's like Zoolander doesn't hit anymore. But that was definitely a very popular film. Um, at well, I feel like point. it shifted again with like yeah. The Hangover. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Oh, uh, another fun fact I forgot to mention earlier in the opening scene, the band leader is Mark Mothersbrow from um, Devo. Devo. Yeah. 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 And like he did one of the songs on the soundtrack. Uh, this movie does also end with a custom rap song. 
for the yeah, movie itself. I was which, shocked like, about yeah. that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, like, we were making fun of it for uh for fucking in uh Deep Blue Sea, but like this is an even more ridiculous <laughs> why the fuck did you write a song for this movie situation? <laughs> who, who did it? Um uh, Kel and the MAFTMCs featuring Romaine J- Jones. Oh <laughs> uh, well, okay. I mean, I, I, they, again, it's like one of the actors forcing it, but like I don't know. I always feel so bad. Well, and I think the MAF. Uh, I think the <laughs> MAF like, compare his career to Keenan. It's just like Look, ooh, Keenan did so much better than Kel did. Oh yeah. You're never. You're never gonna beat the fat boys rapping about Freddy Krueger. So why even fucking try? Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, we did didn't didn't we do um people under the stairs and that that's another one with like oh that has custom one. closing rap song does it yep. does it have a custom closing rap song that movie was was awful i feel, I like, mean, we've done, I feel sake, like we've done several movies that have custom closing rap songs that should just be our thing go ninja go ninja go, go, go. yeah oh, yeah go. yeah we did yeah. that but that that is actually that's in like the middle of the movie. movie. Yeah. That's but in also, the movie. That is not exclusively end credits on. And not exclusively, but it <laughs> yeah. still is there and still counts. Yeah, that it is, is probably definitely... the best example that we're talking about. Because like, Oh, yeah. Well, because that actually fun. got airplay, I think. So, yeah. you know. And it's fun. It is fun. Uh, Demi Ajuebe, uh has the most amazing uh, YouTube videos where he, like, does uh, fake raps as, like, Will Smith for... Uh, his more serious movies and then like uh yeah really like really a custom stuff, rap song for like yeah, the he, pursuit he, of happiness exactly yeah he just makes custom rap songs for movies that they that they shouldn't have them or like that ct movie <laughs> oh man yeah 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 i don't know will, will yeah. smith doing a song for uh Let me for just... fucking the human stain or whatever what, what's the, like six degrees of separation oh no okay <laughs> so he, he did he did <laughs> Check these YouTube videos out. There's uh, the Will Smith credits rap for Get Out and the Will Smith's I Think I Can Beat the Black Panther, which is my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> which is, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you ever, there was an old Will Smith tune like back when he was right at the beginning and it was kind of like, I can not, knock out Mike Tyson. And it's that, but Black Panther. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's very funny. Demi Ajuebe, very funny dude. Um... All right. Um, does anybody else have anything left they really want to say before we get into verdicts, or shall we get into verdict time? Um, I mean, the only the only major thing I think is is you know bringing it back to Paul Rubens. Um, you know, I, I I think that at as much as his character, like like you know, he clearly had an acting range. Like this character is very different than than Pee Wee Herman. Um, I think he does a pretty good job with it i i also think he unfortunately gets the worst joke in the entire movie with the skunk humping his leg but you know otherwise um kind of block that one out but otherwise as you know i mean it's just like like he definitely was as a a pretty talented comedic actor i feel like as much as he's an extended fart joke and you know i think i talked at length about how much the fart jokes really didn't work for me in uh pick a destiny um like I think aren't the worst part of this movie. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it, like they at least work better in this movie. It's inoffensive. In yeah, they're kind of inoffensive in ways that like like it's just like really that's where you're going with this joke. Like they they fit in with the mediocrity S- of all B- the humor in this movie. D- <laughs> silent but deadly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we like Pee Wee is is 
where you want to go mostly for Paul Rubens, but there's some yeah. other stuff. There's some other good stuff there, you know, yeah. through that through the career for sure. Um, outside of movies as well. Well, I mean, I saw, we were I, just I talking about Instagram, we were just talking about uh, Danny DeVito, WWE. and he was he was Danny DeVito's father in fucking Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like yeah. my favorite superhero movie. Yeah. Huh. Oh, really? I mean, we could, cool. we, we could have watched Matilda instead because I guess Paul Rubens and Dan DeVito are in that. So, you know, but, no, I don't think that's on anything, though, is it? Yeah, it's probably not. <laughs> Verdicts? Womp. Verdicts? Yeah. Yeah. Verdicts. Let's start. I'll go. Uh, you know, nothing that we haven't said already. This is just like a messy movie where it feels like it's being pulled in too many directions, doesn't really know what it's trying to do. Uh, it's probably too expensive. Uh, that that probably didn't help. Um, there's a lot of good people doing pretty middling to shit work in it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's boring. You know, that's that's one of my main things on how I judge a movie. The, it's a comedy. The jokes <laughs> barely made me laugh. Maybe a handful of them. Not so much that I. So I wouldn't call this a disaster, but it's a screw it. All right. Uh, I'll go next. I basically what he said uh it it just there are moments in this that I like and there are actors that I like but like I don't really like the actors performances per se and I just there's not enough to make it worth recommending to other people really like Mm -hmm. I I remember liking this a lot more when I was younger and uh I'm I'm sad now. So uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I yeah. Is that I related would... to the movie or just a general? Yeah, I, I would agree. This is definitely a movie that I liked. We're all better, sadder now. Better when I was younger. Um I think it's over long. I think conceptually it has things that you could execute better and make a better film like i i just you know i mean i feel like like as a concept this kind of works with kind of a better creative vision and better people working on it i think it could have been more successful i think the plot point of killing captain amazing still really works really well for me because i just love them fucking up that badly um which (laughs) is like a huge risk that like like you know i think this movie actually handles that moment well in terms of not making us not hate the characters for doing that but i i I disagree i I, disagree i feel very tool though I have yeah. a big yeah he is but like I still I mean, it's feel Blue like Raja's fault and Blue Raja you don't hate after doing it so I, I kind of did a little I not I didn't did. hate him but I was like yeah I'm still meant to like he just ran over there and pulled the thing like for no reason <laughs> that's what it felt like to me I don't you know, know. I, I I felt like it was you know again Sorry, it's, it's like, too late I, for I, me and to I, be and making I like dissenting like comments. Greg, uh, yeah I like Greg Kinnear a lot um I always want him to get more work because i think he can work he can walk that line of like like how likable is this character supposed to be moment to moment i love him like turning it on for like the press or like the parole board and then basically being a dick when he's like like around the other superheroes and things like that so like i, mean, I don't know i mean it's... like ed norton levels of like difficult to work with like 
I, I feel don't like know. I always wonder. There's got to be him. something because as like he's so good in so many things, and yet like no one ever seems to give him work. So um, it is always kind of a question of that. But but um, I don't know. I mean, it's like overall, it's just like could this movie be improved? Yes. And like, I think my nostalgia is still clouding me enough to put this into a light see it territory, but like, it is very close to that line. Like this isn't, and it's really just that I like the genre. I like when the genre doesn't take itself seriously because fuck the DCEU. Um, but like, I, and you know, this movie doesn't take itself seriously. And this does have like kind of the, the notion of, people from individual backgrounds coming together or to form a team, which, you know, I was a big fan of the X-Men and, you know, I liked that aspect as opposed to like the fantastic four of them just being like, we're always a team. And like, we got our origin and it's all the same. And it's just like, ugh, yeah, I would watch <laughs> this over any DCEU movie for sure. You know, like, uh, a, I don't know if Snyder, I'd say any, but I would say. The most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and Harley, so, I mean, Harley yeah. Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah. I, I yeah. see that as like the suicide second squad. wave. Yeah. You know, I'm talking yeah. about like post catastrophic d- demise. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I, yeah. I mean, like, uh, that's the thing. It's like, Superman. the Suicide Squad is probably really what we should compare this to of like, just yeah. a better way of doing this. Yeah. Um, every but... one of every one of the side characters in that yeah. is a better concept. Yeah. They're, well, they're based on real characters, which kind of blew my mind after the fact because I was like, "Wow, yeah. you actually pulled them all from comics." Yeah, they're they're so well realized. Their arcs are so you know just in that James Gunn way. I mean, he mm-hmm. like yeah. and all and and you put this movie against that one, and uh, you know oh, you have a clear path. You have to a clear path. Do the same thing. Yeah, I I I'm just saying you know? that like I as like. Like in terms of just it's like like let's have a bunch of comedians and you know again it's like I wish they'd cast more comedians um <laughs> play play superheroes and and hang out like this is much better than I think it could be um and like because it doesn't feel like they just pointed a camera at them I feel like they had like I feel like those establishing shots and some of the set design like there's some interesting elements there like ultimately the parts are better than the whole but like there was enough there that I chuckled at there's enough ideas there's enough and and really it is just the fact that I like the genre putting me into light sea it territory but that's that's just my take on it because I I definitely acknowledge this is not the greatest film ever made all right so I'm very happy that you said that, Dan, because yeah. that makes me not the only dissenter then. <laughs> yeah. Because you you all know where my limits are. It's like they're, they're pretty fucking loose. And like this is still a light see it for me. Like I wish that this movie came out like four years later with like uh, a a better director and I just wish it had more more of the if if it had more references to superhero films that had come out that it could be pulling from. I think you could have gotten a stronger movie because you could have met made parody moments like making fun of shit like you yeah know. but like that's why i wish it came out like four years later because then you have yeah. like it also could have gotten X-Men, bogged down X2 by them so. and spider-man yeah um hell if it came, stuff, if it came out stuff, after batman versus superman to have a parody martha scene that'd be great <laughs> it's all just it's all just yeah. baked into the cake carmine carmine <laughs> this, why are you saying whole... that name that's my father's name too <laughs> this whole thing is just and he's actually father's name (laughs) yeah no i and like uh her parents met while bowling (laughs) 
hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> the 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 self-referential stuff though, you know, like Marvel yeah. just made it part of the thing. You know, I mean now, Mar- now, like and if you do if you want to do an actual thing, you have to do the boys. It has to be like extreme, you know. Because they well, make no, they make all those it jokes. doesn't have to be extreme. And that's what I why I give this credit is because I like like that you can take yourself not seriously without going hard R. You don't have to be Deadpool. You don't have to be the mm-hmm. boys. You yeah. don't have to be the Suicide Squad. You can do a PG-13 I, I, superhero I get comic. that. I get yeah. that. But I'm saying it's all already in the Marvel movies. Like, oh, what, mean, are you, what are you going to do that isn't already part? Like, every Marvel movie has the self-reflection, the 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 satire on comic book. Like, they, they put it in the it's, good it's ones. A, they no, put it in the movies it's, now. I mean, so it, it's, like, it's, it's like, no, I mean, in, you know, I could say a superhero comedy is something like ghostbusters have have your finale be a comedy set piece unfortunately the there isn't that much comedy in these set pieces and it's what is a problem with every subsequent ghostbusters movie is they don't Mm -hmm. have the ridiculousness of the marshmallow man being the final boss like like the marshmallow man is fucking great and i wish that they had more comedy set pieces like that but like ghostbusters afterlife gave me lou gehrig's disease (laughs) yeah (laughs) To just have, but to, to, yeah, it's getting a sequel. I, I, I think it's so funny how burn it out. The, the, the reaction Let to Afterlife Firehouse. The, I'm excited the for Firehouse. Is just so ridiculous to me because it's like both movies made roughly the same amount of money. The only difference is the Afterlife was significantly cheaper to make. Um, because they let they let the female Ghostbusters go way. Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. Ghost, yeah. Ghostbusters twenty sixteen is a mild disappointment. Yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife is a fucking a bomb. Afterlife forgets it's supposed to be a comedy. Um, Just and a travesty of a movie. Like, yeah, you but, should stop dead at that point. Like, <laughs> but come on, you, you don't want it's... like a force ghost of Harold Ramis. Uh, vomit. Like... <laughs> vomit. I vomited all. I vomited ectoplasm all. But I mean, that's the thing. Is, everyone when says I saw that, that, the, that the Marvel movies are too silly and goofy, and it's just like I don't think that's necessarily true because they don't. Because as there's still like like a level of like responsibility with the superheroes that like like you know by having them be such trash characters in this, you can do more shit with. But I don't know. That's me. But anyway, this is TJ's verdict. Yes, um, my verdict is a slight see it. So we are split 50-50 this time. It happens. So Uh, there's no tiebreaker or anything? No. (laughs) No. Rock, paper, no. Yeah, well, well, as a a tiebreaker, we'll we'll use the Rotten Tomatoes audience score and critic score. (laughs) Shit, it's still tied. (laughs) (laughs) Because critics mildly like this and audiences mildly dislike this. So, so watch nice. the making of the movie on DVD. I don't know. Are we, yeah, well, are we that, recommending that, yeah, let's, it or let's get not? The cast right? response. Oh shit! They hated this. They hated yeah. Our our, this. our overall response is shrug emoji. Yeah. Yeah. yeah eh? Pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, Rubens is like if, if we saw it for Rubens, and he's one of the better reasons to see it for. So mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I like we definitely watched this for Rubens. Like this was an yeah. immorium for him. And he definitely has a larger part than our last in memoriam, which had uh, Lance Reddick in like three <laughs> scenes. Yeah. Uh, we do what we can, people. Yeah, we, we, we try our best, damn it. 
Um, Sometimes it's just about you know what's why available. I, you know why <laughs> is a hive of scum and villainy because Batman Returns has a seven point one. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Get the fuck out of here! I don't know. I'm just impressed by how. Do you how, think it should um, be higher? How, I'm just it impressed by how nine. I, oh, okay. Like, nine yeah. to ten. I just told you it was my favorite superhero movie. No, oh, yeah. I, no, I, I'm just impressed by how well Barbie's still doing on all these sites, despite the fact that you know that there's a lot of angry, you know, oh, like I, oh, I like right. I, I heard I heard the term being alpha males as like oh. I think of alpha males as like alpha as like a software launch in which it's buggy and not ready for the public. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey man, Greta Gerwig, you, Greta Gerwig is the first female director with a billion dollar movie. So yeah. kudos, yeah. kudos yeah. to her. No, I'm, I'm really I well still haven't seen it what, myself. I'm but really curious I want to see to. what happens happens with the oscars because um you know anyone who thinks that gerwig doesn't have a shot at at director is is wrong like i think it's going to be very close um what i really hope is that she gets to go full blank check uh to reference the guys we were talking about earlier but (laughs) if she does though if if she does get to get the nolan treatment for a while where she doesn't have to make barbie too or she can hold barbie Barbie two over their heads and say, "Well, I'll make Barbie two, but you gotta yeah, let me I mean, do it's like gonna be really... two gigantor fucking movies." I mean, the Barbie two conversation is really interesting because as Gerwig, Robbie, and Gosling were Didn't... all signed to one picture one deal. deal, it's so, so good. It's so, so like... good. I <laughs> yeah. love it all. So, Barbie like, I, I feel like I feel story. like the Barbie sequel is either going to like give them massive amounts of control and might actually be good or it could go the 1984 route or it could go the son of the mast route so which none of the creative team is involved whatsoever (laughs) i i predict that one i think some of the mask is most likely (laughs) (laughs) all right well hey on that happy note dan where can uh people read your webcomic uh you can go to withfetus.com and read my webcomic there Cool. Emily, um, hopefully we update yesterday. Uh, Where can people listen to us elsewhere? Uh, TJ and I have another podcast. It is called New England Beer Reviews. We talk about beer and pop culture whenever we finally feel like doing it. Yeah. Hey, Porik, where can people see what you're watching? On Critiker.com. And my name on there is Meyer Lurk. I reviewed this movie. I didn't like it. (laughs) 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 Well, I've been TJ alongside uh, Pork, Dan, and Emily. You can find us on Facebook and X. And like, I I guess you can give us money on Twitter. I don't know. Twitter seems like a money. Or not, not Twitter. You can give us money on Patreon, but it seems like a failing platform. So don't i don't know man i looked into that more today i don't know yeah i i, 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 I think it's a little i think it's it's a premature. little premature to call it dead um but yeah. it is it is worrying um but uh, it does feel like it's a one-time hiccup that people overreacted to yeah. okay um, but like, so hopefully i'm wrong yeah so give us money on patreon.com backslash s-i-o-s-i and that's the initial of our show see it or screw it s-i-o-s-i uh, you can also see what I'm watching usually, as long as I remember to update at letterbox.com backslash S I O S I. Ah, man, I feel like I had a good final word for this and I totally forgot it. 
So who's got a final word? You mustn't you mustn't end the podcast or the podcast will end you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good final word. Time to end the podcast. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.